Hello, you're listening to I'm Not That Old, Lady, and welcome. I'm Teresa Sayers. I live on a farm in Minnesota, USA. And I will try to figure out why we are so obsessed with age and aging. Be advised, some language may not be appropriate for all listeners. There may be some profanity that is not beeped out. Oswald Vargas is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing in California. He has 10 years experience in individual and family counseling. Oz, as he's known to his friends, has generously agreed to give us insight into why we feel as we do. I think you'll easily understand why I am so thrilled to add his expertise to the podcast. Here he is. This podcast is for informational purposes only. You should seek your own professional counseling advice if you feel the need. This call is being recorded. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, survived the winds. It was bad. <laughs> we got some pretty bad winds. Oh, uh, really? We have it today. Bad. Yeah, we, we've got wind today, and it's crazy. So. Mm. Trees, trees falling down everywhere. Cars oh, getting... Oh, wow. Smash like flattened by trees. It was bad. Oh my yeah. goodness, that is bad. <laughs> yeah, but we we survived it, and I was I was really enjoying the uh, fall weather. Like we finally dropped to the seventies, and then I'm watching next week we'll go back to nineties. I'm like, what? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. What are you doing on, on your side of town? Well, it's milder today, but windy. Not as windy as snapping trees and crushing cars, but windy enough. Yeah. Fall weather? Oh, yeah. it's it's Well, it's 50-something today. So, yeah, it's this is our transition period where everything goes haywire until winter, winter sets in. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, I'm glad, definitely blessed. That's what I keep saying. I'm blessed with everything going on. You know, my family's healthy. Uh, been very busy with work, more than ever. You know, mm, everybody, everybody's good. So, um, yeah, um, blessed. That's how I'm saying it. I'm definitely good. Blessed. That's a good thing to yeah. be. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. How are you doing? Recovering from your uh, from your accident? Yeah, still. You know, it's mm-hmm. a few things here and there that are still bugging. But you know, at my age, it takes a little longer, and I'm just aware of that. So <laughs> I think I'll survive. So enjoying the new ride? I haven't been on them yet. Not after the accident. Oh, my car or the horse? Yeah, both. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so the accident, yeah, you haven't ridden them yet? 
Your horse? No, I haven't ridden. Nope, haven't ridden the new horse yet because that's the last thing I need is to get even more damaged. But the new car is fantastic. That thing is. I'm learning more about it every day, and very nice, very nice. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, we're just kind of trucking along, and you know, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, and weekend and work, 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 do all this stuff, and then back to work on Monday. It's, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. <sighs> yeah. How how are things at work? Um. Well, they're calming down a little bit, and and we're getting a little bit caught up, and you know, it'll be a while before we're completely caught up. But it's you know, it's fine. It's it's okay. I can't really complain about anything. So. It's okay. Good. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So last week, I know you were uh, we were talking about boundaries. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're left at that. We're, we're talking about boundaries and what's going. Why, why people struggle with boundaries and and we're, we're you know towards the end. We, one of the things that I wanted to point out was, you know, people don't like boundaries, right? People people get get upset, yeah, right? Um, because when when they're being told no, right, and that's just something that if you're setting boundaries, you have to expect that that people might not like. I mean, in in a mature relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic or, what, or, or, you know, or family, when two people are mature, then boundaries will be respected, right? If somebody says no, they're not going to take it personal. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll be like, okay, that's fine. I respect that. And the, the friendship or relationship goes on. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Yeah, I right? agree. Right. Uh, People people don't like that. Some some people might not like when you finally set boundaries on them, and they're gonna act some kind of way. Um, try yeah. to regain control, or try to regain, um, you know, to get you back to where you where you were before, in you know, in the dynamic that worked for them. And if you continue to hold your ground, they, you know, maybe they come around. Maybe they say, no, fine, then I don't want nothing to do with you. And that's something that you have to be willing to to accept. Yes. Um, because once that person realizes that's all I got to say to you for you to give in, then they're going to keep doing it. Right. Absolutely. And they're going to continue to walk. You know, they're going to continue to walk all over you. Um, so, yeah. So I just, wanted, I just wanted to, you know, when, when I work with people and we talk about this concept of boundaries, I have to get them ready for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that a lot of people are like, well, I want to set boundaries. I want to stand my ground. I said, well, then you have to be willing to accept what comes with it. That that people, a lot of people are not going to like you. And that's mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, it is yeah. okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. perfectly okay. I get a lot so, of that. I mean, I'm I'm, you know, almost mm-hmm. 59 years old and I keep getting kind of mm-hmm. pushed around by mm-hmm. other people and other influences and all this stuff. And after a while, I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? I don't care whether mm-hmm. you appreciate this or not. I just, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. I mean, it comes yeah. to a point in our life where we don't have time or energy for drama. 
You know, like, oh. hey, you know, it, it, it sucks, but oh well, you know, yeah. bye. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's just that, you know, you know, um, I was I was watching this video yesterday. They were interviewing this guy, and he's not a young, young actor, but he's young by, you know, compared to people who've been around a long time. And it was, I was like, wow, that actually made me think. Because one of the when when I work with people, right, and I ask them to do certain things, because, you know, they're telling me, how do I change behavior? How do I change this? How do I change dynamic, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and I break it down for them. Uh, I often hear, easier said than done. I often hear well, I've that said that a million times, so yeah, I get oh, it. Okay, right. Okay, easier said than done. So I get it as, as a pushback. So that mean that means that person tells me like, oh, you know, like you know what you're asking me to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so they interview this guy, and I never thought of it that way. They ask him like, what well, what's one of the things that you grew up knowing? They ask him this question. They ask they ask this guy this question. What is one of the things that you grew up knowing, people telling you that now you know it's not true? And his answer was, easier said than done. And the interviewer wow. asked, the interviewer was like, well, yeah, well, yeah, it's easier said than done. He goes, no, no, no. That's the lie. That people growing up, I was led to believe that lie that says easier said than done. Because the truth of the matter is, it is easier. So we we put it in our heads that is that is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Change is oh. change is uncomfortable. Change is very uncomfortable. That's a fact. Yeah. Right. Right. But the mm-hmm. lie that we've been told is that life doesn't have to be uncomfortable. So if we buy into that, every time we put in a situation where we're getting taken out of our comfort zone automatically we go like, well, this is not normal. Because we were led to believe that it's supposed to be easier. Mm. (laughs) You you, you, you follow me? Yeah, I do. And I was like, well, I I never thought of it that way. No, it's actually that easy. If you actually change some things, your life will be better. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to change some things, so when people come to me and ask for help, if they're saying, oh, I want to change behavior, I want to change this, I'm like, great. I'm like, I can tell, and, and I, I, that's when I pump the brakes, and I said, look, I can tell you how to do it. That's easy. The hard part is why? Why do you want to do this? What's driving you to do it? What's keeping you mm-hmm. from doing it? Mm-hmm. Honestly, more times than not, and I will say, more than half of the times that people come to me for some kind of guidance, they already know what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They're not asking me. They're not asking me. I mean, they, they ask me, what should I do? But honestly, more than, I would say more, way more than half the time, they already know what they're supposed to do. What, they're, what they really need come to me, and they don't realize this, but they come to me trying to figure out why haven't I done it yet. Oh, yeah, I see the difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it happens when they bring me teenagers or kids who are misbehaving, and and the parents ask me, like, well, what should I do with my kid? You know, what parenting tips do you have? 
and I go down the list, and then I go, but you know all of this. Everything I just told you, this is not new to you. You know mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing as a parent. They're like, yeah. Okay, then. Then the question is, why haven't you done it? That's the real question. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, right? boy. So, but, yeah. but we don't like to think of that. Because then, 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 because we grew up in this set of thinkings, you know, this way, these beliefs, right? That life, mm-hmm. the, life should be a certain way, and when it doesn't go that way, or other people don't fit that profile, right? When people don't mm-hmm. match what we were told, what do we end up doing? What do people do well, when, when other people don't match their beliefs? Well, they're they're they put them down or they, they mention it or they, or it's a judgment, I would say. Like, well, you know, that person, they, they do this, that, and the other thing. And so they're trying to validate their position because the other person isn't fitting their norm. Does that come out right? Correct. When you, when oh. your reality gets challenged, right? When you mm-hmm. grew up in a, in a certain reality and you're, you know, we all, and it starts in childhood, you know, whether you were raised by your parents or whoever, you were given a set of beliefs, a set of rules to live by. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and that's how you guide your life. And yeah. if you're lucky, you, you get exposed to other people's beliefs, and you understand that in the world, other people are going to have a different idea of you, you know, like you, of the same situation. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. A lot of people believe, like, you know, I was told this was black, so therefore it has to be black. What do you mean gray? No. What, mm-hmm. what do you mean blue? No. I was told this was black, and whoever disagrees with that, they're wrong. Something is wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get That's it. That's not what I was told. See that? So, so, yeah. so, that's where, that's, so my defense mechanism kicks in. One of the things that I told my students, that I always ask my students, and this, this I was asked this question. I don't know if I told you, well, um, years ago before I got into therapy, you know, I was going through the process of the police academy yeah. to get in. And I was asked, but part, part of the interview process, you get interviewed by detectives. And, and these are like old school guys. Like they, you, you get nothing past them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the things that, and, uh, you know, they asked me, like, okay, uh, what are your biases? And before I could even answer, the guy just looked at me and goes, don't even tell me you don't have them. Well, everybody has biases. I was like, whoa, okay, fair okay. enough. Everybody has biases, okay? Whether you're aware of them or not, that's different. Mm-hmm. But every, so, and that's where people get in trouble. Because people that go around thinking, I don't have any biases, that's where they, you know, they, they end up judging other people. But if you, have, mm-hmm. if you are aware of your biases, then you work on them, right? You, you check yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay? That makes sense. So, and that's what I teach my students. When I took that with me, that concept. And when I teach my students who are going to become therapists, um, I, I ask them. You know, you have to, you know, first I ask them if they have any biases and they have to be aware of them because they're going to come across people who are going to challenge those biases. 
and if they're not aware of it, they, you know, they might, they, they're not going to be impartial, you know, especially in this line of work. Yeah. You know, oh, boy. You, 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 I, I come across so many different situations that I can even imagine. You know, I, I, I deal with uh, sex offenders. I deal with, you know, cheaters, parents who abuse their kids physically, emotionally. Um, you know, uh, I work with uh, domestic violence victims, domestic violence abusers. I deal with people with who have chronic illnesses, mental illnesses, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I and so and then I also have other colleagues who who do call me and say, "Hey, I have this case. I don't think I can work with them. Can you work with them?" Right? Um, because they're aware of their biases, mm. and they know that they wouldn't be able to be fair to the clients. Really? Wow. Well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that they're at least aware of it and and they're going to be fair. I always wondered about Mm -hmm. that. Because if you, Mm -hmm. you know, I know know of, you know, several people in your line of work and we've had discussions offline about, you know, in a social setting and Mm -hmm. and I am hearing what some of their beliefs are and I'm just like, Wow, mm-hmm. how yes. are you going to handle this when you have a client that comes in that is completely opposite? Mm-hmm. And I suppose right. at that point they would just back out and say, "Well, you know, I this isn't a good fit for us or something." I would hope. I hope so. I will hope so. You know, unfortunately, that's not always the case. Mm. But yeah, we yeah, ideally, yeah. Um, do I have my own beliefs in a lot of stuff? Of course. You know, I'm a, I'm a human being. And I have a set of mm-hmm. rules and, 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 you know, and values that I live my life by. Right? Right. Um, right. Uh, but when I took on this career, right, to work with people, I have to understand that I have to leave that at the door. Um, one of my private practices for me you know, I, I, well, you know that I work with a lot of cases from a CFS or CPS, Child yeah. Protective Services. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my rules that I implemented on myself is um, I don't I like to I don't like to have very much information about the case before I meet with a client. Like they send us paperwork, right? They send mm-hmm. us like, oh, you know, cover this, this, and that. But I like to keep I, I like to know as little as possible about the case before I meet them for the first time. Hmm. Because that's that's how I keep myself on check. Who who better than them to tell me what happened? Right. Right? I don't yeah. I don't like to otherwise meet them. you would, Yeah, mm-hmm. otherwise you'd have your the whole story worked out in your head in five seconds and then you'd exactly. have to exactly. fight against that when you meet them. I get it. I get ex- it. Ex- ex- exactly. Exactly. You know, imagine if every time, you know, I, I, I get a letter, oh, that this parent was a drug addict and, you know, and the kid was found with drugs in the system. And I know the whole story, how it happened. And and then they're telling, and I meet them. I'm like, oh, here you go again. You know, another mm-hmm. addict. Who, and that's not fair to the client. Because right. every, every case is unique. Every case. So, so my, pri- my, my practice, my personal process is, 
I, I like to hear from them first, and, and they know this, that right after I meet them, then I do go, I, I go and talk to the social worker, and I'm like, okay, now tell me, you know, the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then they obviously they give me the report, and obviously there's more to the story than what they told me. But, sure, sure. But the, but the, but the initial one uh, is, it comes from them, because to me, I need to build a report. I need to build a relationship, mm-hmm. and I want to. I need to give them a fair chance. Right. Um, so now I do this consciously because, again, I do, I do this for a living, and and I feel like that's the best way to provide the best practice for my clients. Right now, how many people in the real world do you know operate that way? <laughs> None. <laughs> right. Really, I mean, very little, right? Very little. Yeah, I, I mean, because most people will instantly come up and mm-hmm. you know have have a picture, and if they they meet somebody for the first time, it's like zoom. And I do this too. I, I readily admit this that you know you get a vibe mm-hmm. from them, or mm-hmm. if, if you look at what they're wearing or how they're wearing it or their appearance mm-hmm. or something. You get it. Mm-hmm. You get it. I instantly get a judgment about them, fair or unfair. And in my case, it's always clothing. I look at their clothing. I I want to know why on earth you're wearing a button-down shirt and all the buttonholes don't have a button in it. You know, it's a, why do you do that? That just pisses me off. If you have a button-down collar and your collar's not buttoned down, it's just flying around. Why do you do that? Are you lazy? Do you not know? You know, that kind of thing. That It just bugs me. And that's just one little bitty piece of what I do. I mean, are they well put together? I mean, if if you're in a job interview and you come in with a sports jersey on and you're there to be interviewed for an administrative assistant, what is going on? Did you what? Mm-hmm. what what's the story here? Yeah. I just want to know what the story is. You know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Gotcha. Because that challenges the way that challenges your reality, right? Yeah. It does you because that's not how you were raised. Yeah. You see that? I yeah. can tell that you were raised. You dress proper, and this is the the look. You have a look in your head, in your right. mind. And, and and whoever and if anybody comes in and challenges that then that, that, that's a trigger for you. That is. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, we all there's have certain, that. There's certain rules. I mean, there there are rules. I went, I did go to a job interview once, and I, mm-hmm. I was wearing my my good cowboy boots, my, my good ones, not my barn boots, mm-hmm. but my good right. ones. Right. <laughs> you know, right. with the silver tips and the silver heels. And, you know, well, yeah. I mean, they weren't, they weren't flashy. They were nice Tony Llama black boots, but mm-hmm. I, it was like, I don't, I mean, I just didn't have any other decent footwear that was mm-hmm. readily available, and they were polished. Mm-hmm. They were really mm-hmm. nice boots. And I remember mm-hmm. the woman looking at my feet and sneering like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. And it was like a call, it was a call center type of situation. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was going to be front-facing, but I was like, uh-huh. oh, I just blew it, you know. Uh-huh. Got it. So because she had a reality in her mind, mm-hmm. right? In her mind, this is how people need to look. 
or you did it bigger? Not in you know? Tony Lama's, I didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So this is what I tell people all the time. Um, you know, I, I feel I feel blessed and I feel lucky that I get to spend a lot of time with people, you know, one-on-one, and I get to see the side of them that perhaps most people will never find out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because eventually they open up to me and they tell me they're, what's really hurting them and why they're doing what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and their story, yeah, it is very uh, – so, so I'm able to, to have a lot of empathy. But I tell them also, look – not everybody is as lucky as I am. You know, I, I help them understand that, look, not everybody's going to take their time and sit down with you and ask you, you know, why do you do what you did or why do you feel this way? That's not reality. Most people will get will make an, an opinion of you within the first 90 seconds of meeting you. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People make up their mind about you within the first 90 seconds of meeting you. Does it take that long? doesn't take me that oh, long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if, if not less. But the first 90 seconds are crucial when you first meet somebody for the first time because people mm-hmm. are already making a judgment about you. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're lucky, it goes well, and off you go. If you're not lucky, maybe they already make up their mind, and then you never get, really get a chance to for them to see the real side of you. And that's right. what I tell people. Like, is it, is it fair? No, but that's reality. That's mm-hmm. how you know. That's how life works. So you, so like you said to your point, you don't show up to a job interview in sandals, in flip flops, and shorts, unless you're no. applying to be a lifeguard, right? <laughs> uh, because you can be the, the you can you can be the most qualified person in the world, but the moment they see you walking like that, automatically you're you're out. Yeah. Right, and, and they say, oh, but uh, does that mean that people then people push back and be like, oh, does not mean I have to fake it? No, it's not about being fake. It's about giving yourself a chance for people to get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, so you can either fight it, you can either fight that and say, no, well, this is who I am, and then people are never going to really get to know you, and let's see how that goes, right? Or you can mm-hmm. actually learn to present yourself in a way that people are more going to be willing to see you. You know, give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, why do people judge, right? Why, why, so where does that come from? Why is that necessity, right? Why is the need of people to judge others, okay? Um, so like I said earlier, whenever you feel that your reality is being challenged, the reality that you grew up with, a set of beliefs and whatnot, we, we developed – uh, a set of uh, irrational beliefs, okay, irrational beliefs mm-hmm. over over time, and um, sometimes we make decisions based on that until they become a problem, and then you are like, okay, I need to I need to start changing them, okay, uh, and that happens again. Uh, it's like second nature. Sometimes you don't realize you've been doing it, but un- until it becomes a problem, okay. Uh, like for example, when you first, you know, when you first start driving, if you can go back to when you first started driving, uh, you know, when you first start driving, you you're very, uh, you pay a lot of attention to everything, where the where right. the mirror is, where the seat is, the key, the side mirrors, all that, right? 
you're, you're, right. you're very aware. You're very aware of all the steps that you're taking. Do you think you're stopped doing that now, now you, you've been driving for quite a while? Do you, do, you, do you think that you have stopped doing all of that? Well, no, you don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> but do you? Yes. No, actually, no, you don't. You haven't stopped. But now oh, it's, just it's, just second, it's just second nature. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. The, the, mo- the moment you get in your car, literally, it's just one move. You go through all those steps in one move. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize it. Yeah, I that's why understand when, that. That's why when you get into your car, you, you can tell when somebody's moved the seat. Oh, yeah. You can tell when somebody's <laughs> moved the mirror. You, you see that? Right. Because mm-hmm. your body automatically knows. So even though we don't do it like the way we did when we first started driving, but you actually do go through the motions. This is where my seat is. Where this, I can tell, like, you know, I, I sit in my car after a car wash, and I just sit there, and I, and I just hold my hand to the steering wheel, I'm like, okay, this feels weird, <laughs> right? Because my body just went through all the motions. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what happens with irrational beliefs, that they, they just started when, you know, when we were little, and then it became part of life, and then as we got older, it's just taking nature to us. Or, like I said, until they start becoming a problem. And that's where you need to be like, okay, why, you know, what, this is not working for me anymore. And you need to change. So what are what are some of the reasons why people judge, right? So what are some of the irrational beliefs that people have? People tend to only focus on the negative. Some people, okay, you can, uh-huh. you, somebody can have, you know, I always, I always do this example when I teach my class. Uh, it's usually for parenting classes, but I, I teach it in all the classes too, right? Um, let's see if you – normally I have a piece of paper and a pen, but let's see if we can do it without, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to you, all right? I'm, and I want you to tell me what is the first thing that you notice. Deal? Okay. Okay. So it's going to be really, really quick, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna I'm gonna add some numbers, okay? This is really basic math, nothing too crazy. I'm gonna oh, add God. some numbers, and I want you to tell me what is the first thing that you notice. Deal? Okay. 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 So here we go. Two plus two is four. Three plus three is six. Four plus four is nine. No. Five plus five is ten. Okay, I just yes. gave you that. What is the first thing that stands out to you? Well, four plus four is not nine, it's eight. Got it. So, okay, so here's my point. I added four sets of numbers, right? Two plus mm-hmm. two, three plus three, four plus four, five plus five. Out of the four, I only made one mistake. What is the first thing that you notice? The mistake. You see, you see that you didn't notice that I did three right. Oh, yeah. See, right. that's human nature. Yeah. That's what we do. You see, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We tend to filter. We filter. We always, you know, it's human nature, part of survival, unfortunately, and that's something again. 
Not everybody does it because that's something that we can fix. That's something that we can change. I'm not naive. People make mistakes all the time. That's, that's what we do. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. But not everybody does everything wrong. Once in a while, you, even a broken clock is, is, is right twice a day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so do we put, do, but do we focus on, do we put attention to that? No. Just the clock's always wrong. We don't even bother right. to notice that it's right twice a day. Yeah. Exactly. You see that, and so people do that, and so he said, that's how, that's one of my right, my way of my way of sort of thinking. I'm always going to be judging people, right? Because mm-hmm. always because I'm always going to find something wrong. Uh, that's I mean that's that's a given. See, now so, I have an ex- I have an mm-hmm. example that this this works with, yeah. and okay. and it, it 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 exactly goes down this whole road, that, and it's perfect because. It, it's not a problem until it's a problem and you feel you need to change it. And that is, um, yeah. I was raised by a very negative woman. I mean, mm-hmm. negative. There was always something that mm-hmm. she could pick apart on somebody. I mean, if she mm-hmm. met somebody that was very fair hair, very fair skinned, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. therefore their eyebrows weren't very prominent. And I would say, oh, do you remember meeting this person? Da, da, da. She's like, oh, yeah, the one with no eyebrows. Mm. I'm like, really? Really? Is that the only thing Got that it. you noticed about her? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yes. And it, that just was I like, did. holy cow, I, <laughs> used, I do that. I do that, too. I can't do that anymore. So it was like 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago that I'm like, God, I am really negative. This is mm-hmm. not a good idea. So... I am actively, and I, I'm not by mm-hmm. any means perfect, but I am actively mm-hmm. trying to turn that around because that's mm-hmm. not, that's right. that's just a very miserable way to live. Uh, and, and and thank you for sharing that. And like I said, you learned that growing up. That, mm-hmm. was, that was taught to you. So that became second nature for you until you decided, okay, this is the problem. Right? It's because a problem. Because for you, Mom, so your your mom had this picture, this idea in her head. This is mm-hmm. how somebody needs to look like, and and right. this other person, everybody else didn't fit that profile. Right. So therefore, it challenged her reality. Well, and even when her appearance was changing because of age, mm-hmm. she still wouldn't mm-hmm. see it, you know, because her eyebrows <laughs> right. were perfect. She had the perfect arch in her eyebrows. Yeah. And she didn't like right, the fact that her eyebrows were eyebrow hairs were getting long and curly, and you know uh-huh. that that yeah. something's wrong. I'm like, no, mom, that's right. age. That's just what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because she had this idea in her mind. Oh, she's she a very definite idea in her mind, and right. believe me, mm-hmm. if you go outside of those lines, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Look, one of the beautiful things about especially this society. You know, I, I love, especially while I'm in Southern California, and it's very, one of the things that I love about Southern California is that you can literally travel the world without leaving the city. <laughs> you know, That'd be so uh, awesome. You, I mean, if you're open to it, you know, you can, you can expose yourself to literally everywhere, all cultures from the world. You know, and one of the things that we, we, 
there was a big movement in psychology maybe about 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, it's called cultural awareness. That, you know, because psychology, when it first was developed, it was developed for European white, male, uh, white males. That's the, the first, like, the concept of psychology was developed for them. Well, and when everything they, was. When, they, so. when it was brought, right? Uh, when it was brought up to America, uh, they tried, they, they, eventually they realized that a lot of those concepts do not apply to, to other cultures. So mm-hmm. trying, you know, so it came across as very judgmental. If somebody didn't fit that, you know, what psychology was saying about it, and there was something wrong with them. And obviously we, we, we learned that that's not the case. You know, we, we have to submerge. If we are willing, if we, if we choose to work with other cultures, we have to get to know the culture first and be able to right. adapt uh, and adjust their approach. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, that's, that's what cultural awareness is. Um, and so, to, so if, you, if you're open to it, by all means, you're going to embrace that differences, right? But it's scary because to some people, they feel like if I embrace other cultures, I'm going to lose my identity. And that's not, that's not true. That's not the case. Right. You know, and what we're seeing right now is in the society it's so, you know, we're seeing it so divided because people are truly afraid that they're going to lose their identity. And that's not how it works. You don't lose your identity just because you learn about other identities, other cultures. It doesn't, it doesn't take away from yours. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, um, absolutely. I mean, I'm a big proponent of that, but golly, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it should be easier than it is now because of, uh, the social interactions of all these cultures in the United States and with mm-hmm. the Internet right. and with all yeah. this information at our fingertips. It should be easy. Right. And it seems as though we are more judgmental than ever before. Mm-hmm. Or, or and, it's and more apparent. In, there you go. I think that's, that's the key word. It's more apparent. Because when you and I were growing up, there was no Internet. So judgment... You know, judgments and other cultures has been around always from the beginning of time. You know, whenever somebody a different a different group had a different view, then this group judged the other group, saying, you know, they are wrong, we're right. How you know that's it's always been like that from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, but now because of the social media, because of the different platforms, is more obvious. You know, and and people feel empowered, you know, hiding behind a uh, computer screen, right? They're, they feel more mm-hmm. comfortable voicing their, their judgment on others, whether it's racism, whether it's, you know, whatever. They feel more, they feel safer sharing that because uh, sometimes I laugh and I'm like, oh, I know you wouldn't say that if you were looking at, if you had that person in front of you. Right. You wouldn't you know, say it to their face. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, but they feel safe hiding behind a computer, right? Um, they said that when anonymity increases, oh, how does it go? Um, oh, they did an experiment where if, uh, um, oh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, oh, I just lost the other word. That it, They did an experiment where 
they put people in a dark room and people were t- doing more things when everything was dark when the light was on because they feel they feel more confident when nobody was watching. Oh. Um, so when the, when people were watching, they checked themselves. Mm-hmm. So when an anonymity goes down, something goes up. Oh, what's the other word? Um, oh, I lost. It's gonna drive me crazy, but I'll think about it. Uh, so so yeah. So people feel more comfortable, right? Voicing and you know what I'm seeing right now in social media, people voicing their you know their judgment. That's not new. Honestly, this this is this, that's not a new thing to me. The way I see it, that's new. New, it's just it's just more in the open now, and that's a sad reality because we pride ourselves as as a country, as a culture, right? That we embrace differences, right? That isn't that what we say? Yeah. Right? That we embrace well, different cultures. That we that's, that's 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 our pride and joy. That's what we say to the world, right? We're the melting pot, and we embrace. Right. And the truth of the matter is, it, 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 it never was that way. No. You know, it, it just people didn't feel safe saying it out loud. Right. You know, and then yeah, that's, that's a reality. It's a sad reality, but it is a reality nonetheless. And but even with that being said, though, um, you know, I'm watching what's going on in the world right now, and even in our well, not only in the world, but here in our society, and. You know, I, I tell people, look, I, I'm I'm not naive. Like I said, I, I understand that it's always been like that, but I refuse to believe that that's that's the big majority. No, I, I I truly, in my heart, I know that there's a lot more good people in the world. Well, why are they you so know? threatened, though? I mean, it it seems as though when people are so judgmental and so mm-hmm. accusatory and yeah. so negative. And so divisive, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean politics. And politics aside, right. I mean it. It you can. Right. It's, General. it's it, General. You're mm-hmm. sitting having lunch at a restaurant, and somebody will walk mm-hmm. in, and your your lunch right. partner will say, "Oh my God, I can't believe she's out wearing that in public." You know, it's like, who cares? Right. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's survival. If you go to the primitive brain, to the beginning of time, if my brain, it doesn't it doesn't have to be real because that's why it's called an irrational belief, right? Irrational belief. If I all I all the threat to my safety, the threat to my you know doesn't have to be real. I just have to believe it. That's why people judge groups that are different because they in their mind they believe those people are gonna take away from me. Those people are challenging my way of life. When those people mm-hmm. don't even care about you, people are those oh, people are living their own lives, right? Yeah. But, right. but you and you, but you and your heart believe that that person saying or dressing that way is challenging my way of life. Therefore, that that has to end. Not realizing that this is big enough for all of us. Mm. They can live how they can they can live how they want to live. I'm gonna live how I'm gonna live. Right. Well. I do believe mm-hmm. it's possible. That I mean, mm-hmm. the reason I bring this up is I do believe. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I do be, I hope it's possible that we can come mm-hmm. to some sort of conclude. Well, it, it's never going to conclude. It's never going to change. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, oh, gosh, it's just so well, uncomfortable. As long, as long as you have people who are going to use fear 
to control the masses, unfortunately, we're always going to have to deal with it. You know, that's how you, you know, you, you say that how do you control the masses? You keep them hungry and you keep them afraid. And they'll do whatever wow. you, because if I get you to believe that your life is in danger, right, and I'm the only one that can save you, what are you going to do? Oh, that's absolutely sickening. Absolutely. That, that's right. You're going to come, makes... come with me, right? Oh, my God. Because, because your life depends on it. Well, and why can't you do it for yourself? Why can't you see for yourself? Oh, my well, goodness. In a, in, a, in a healthy environment, of course. Yes. But, again, we, we talked about this before. We live in a culture that tells us, no, you depend on other people to make you happy, right? Other people are responsible how, for how you feel. And people buy into that because that's easy. Oh, yeah, you take care of me? You take care of my needs? Great. Okay. I'll follow you. I'll do, you know, because it's easier. I mean, unfortunately, it's a sad reality, but it's easier. I'll, I'll, I can blame somebody else for how I feel. Or, like what you just said, I can take ownership for me, right? I can take so, – so I'll never give anybody the power to control how I feel. So that means I'm responsible for that. Mm-hmm. That means I'll take care of my own needs. Right. That is, is – I mean, that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, well, of course it was. When we were more self-sufficient, then why are we not more self-sufficient now? Again, because that doesn't work for some people, because then they cannot control the masses. Oh, my goodness. They they make people dependent. If I make you dependent on something, then you're always going to come back to me, right? I cannot. You being independent, that doesn't work for me, right? That's what they say. I need you to make you dependent on me. Oh my gosh, I have a million scenarios running through my head. Just, I mean, not only politics, but all the way down to like the medical field and not curing cancer. There's a cure for cancer. It's just you can't make money off of a cure. You, you know, I, I love listening to comedians because they talk about truth in a funny way, right? Mm-hmm. And this comedian, I think it was Chris Rock, that said, "There's just like a drug dealer. There is no money on the cure. The money is in the comeback." Right. Right? That's, That's how they exactly make money. right. Yeah. You know, and, and he's joking about, you know how much money they lost on polio? <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. Because <laughs> that guy gave it for free. <laughs> oh, leave it to Chris Rock. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They don't want the cure. The money is in the medicine. The money is in, you know, I'm going to keep you alive as long as possible because that means you're going to continue coming back. If I cure you, I'm done with you. Right. So that's that's, that's the reality of it. You know, um, but to, to have that level of thinking, right, to see the world in that aspect, I mean, it's, it's, you you you're not the norm to to look at things that way. Well, you know, the, I know, the, the but, yeah, but the, I have the, to deal with people. I have to right. deal with a million people all the time that are just running along like sheep, and it's like, oh my gosh, you guys, you have a computer in the palm of your hand. Look it up. Right. 
Right. No, no I, I know. I rather somebody else do the work for me. I rather somebody else and I have, I have them tell me. That's easier. Right. That's the truth. Yeah. I let yeah. somebody else do all the filtering for me and then just give me the end result. That's yeah. Right. Oh. So again, so that, that's all. So again, so why do why are people judgmental? Again, is there always always been the case for for centuries? Okay, it's always from the beginning of time. Why are people judgmental? Because if they feel like their reality is threatened in any level, right? They have to mm-hmm. judge the other. Okay, but once they come to realization that somebody my reality and somebody else's reality could be very different. And that's perfectly okay. We don't have to agree, but we definitely have to respect each other. Yes. When I teach my, when I teach my classes, uh, you know, whether it's parenting, domestic violence, anger management, even my regular classes in you know, I I like to I like to run my classes like a round table. There's a topic I I, I mediate a conversation but everybody jumps in, you know. Uh, that's why mm-hmm. I teach my class. Um, more inclusive. And, and the rule of thumb, I always say from day one, we're not going to agree on a lot of things, and I expect that. I'm okay with that, but we're definitely going to respect each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I'm trying to teach him what life outside needs to be like. So we don't have to agree, but we're definitely going to respect each other. And, right. and just like a kid, just like a child, the the, uh, the things that, I mean, why do you hit them? Because I was angry. Because they haven't understood the concept that you can be upset and you don't have to attack somebody. Right? Isn't that what we teach mm-hmm. kids? Right. That you can, don't be, hit. You can yeah. be angry, but that doesn't justify you to attack anybody. Well, guess what? Some people never learn that concept. <laughs> oh, dear. They feel... I don't agree with you. You say something I didn't like. Therefore, I have the right to attack you. There's a lot of that we see children. Yeah, we see that. We see that all the time. Mm-hmm. We see that all every day. You know, and, and, and until we until we see it as a problem, it's not going to change. Right. It's not. Because that's why you said it, it's not a problem if you don't see it as a problem. Yeah. Oh dear. You know, in, in a civilized society, people have different views. People, right? Obviously, every society has to have rules. That's the fact. There's no, you know, it, it, especially for like I'm an immigrant, and a lot of some cultural practices where I'm from obviously wouldn't apply here, and mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. You know, we're here now. Right? That doesn't mean I'm not going to impose right, my cultural beliefs from where I'm at here if it breaks mm-hmm. the law here. That's, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. You know, I tell people all the time, well, you know, well, we do it over there. Well, then go back over there and do it over there. You're not over there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you, you, if you're here, this is, you, you have to go by the rules here. That's plain and simple. Um, right. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna judge other people in all the, all the world. One, one of the, unfortunately, one of the things that America, you know, is I, I still believe it's one of the greatest countries in, in the world. 
you know, because of the people, not, not because of the stuff that we've done, but I think the people, you know, is what the people mm-hmm. that makes it great. You know, um, um, but I think sometimes we, we, we think that our way of life is, is to be the standard for the world, and, that, and we couldn't be more wrong. Oh, my gosh. But it's true. It's exactly what you said. It's yeah. true. That's, it's yeah. it's yeah. the pervasive thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. You know, this wouldn't yeah. wash yeah. in a lot of places. Right. You know, uh, all the people in the world, if you ask them, they're perfectly happy with it. Let them be. You know, who are we? Uh, I, when I teach my uh, my class, um, um, psychological, um, advanced psychological development, and talks about, you know, from birth to death. Um, one of the videos, the first videos that we watch is about uh, four children from different parts of the world um, being born. And they follow, it's called Babies. Uh, I think TBS made a video years ago. Uh, it's called Babies. And it follows, I think, four different babies born at the same time in four, uh, one in, in Africa, one in Asia, one in Southern California, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think the other one was in, in another part of the world, right? Um, you can see how different, oh, man, how different all four were, right? And But all, so I, I make my students watch this movie. And, I mean, we're talking about the baby born in, in, in San Francisco, uh, you know, all the amenities in the hospital and the car seat, right? And mm-hmm. All the stuff, and then the baby born in uh, in Asia, literally born in the hospital. They wrap him up nice, and the dad goes in the motorcycle and picks him up with mom. No, oh, God. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the one in Africa, they're born, and then this is uh, in this is the indigenous people from Africa, and they live in the middle of the desert, right? Very little limited resources, and uh, so so we watch these babies as they from when they're born in, in the first year. And when I ask my students, what is the one thing that you notice from all four of them? And they said, well, they're all thriving. All four are thriving. Well, that's a good thing. I said, I said exactly. Right? So very four different approaches, but they're all thriving. So one, so one size does not fit all. And that's and yeah, that's the I, that's the that's the philosophy that we have to take. Otherwise, we're going to spend the rest of our lives judging. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to find okay. that video and see if I can find it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's called Babies. You can cool. you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. You can look it up. Oh, okay. Um, Good. I love it because, again, it it shows, you know, if you're lucky, again, uh, for me, I I feel blessed because not only I'm an immigrant, so I was exposed to a different culture when I came here, but I also, because of that, I embraced many different cultures. So I got friends from, you know, many parts of the world, and I I, Mm -hmm. I love their food, their culture. It felt like, you know, it's like, teach me, show me, right? Um, right. And I think well, that's one of the best things that I could have done, you know. Uh, but a lot of people are, they don't want that. They're afraid. They're saying, no, this is my way. This is my way of life. 
anything other than this is wrong. Not only is wrong, they are trying to take away from me. Right, it's a threat. Yeah. Right, it's a threat. And that's not true. Mm. Mm, No. No. No, it's important to travel, I think. If you're not going to emigrate somewhere, at least travel. Yeah, expose yourself to, you know, and honestly, it, it makes you appreciate what you have that much more. It does, yeah. I mean, I, I tell my kids, I mean, I mean I'll mean, i do, do everything in my power, just like my parents did to give me everything, you know, that, so, I, so I didn't go through what they went through growing up, and that was pleasant, but it was difficult, you know, we, we, we migrated here, so we went through very difficult times, right? Um, but even mm-hmm. through that, my parents always took care of me. Um, mm-hmm. Even when we didn't have anything, I never felt, I was never afraid, because I knew my parents were there. To take care mm-hmm. of me, um, so so I tell my kids like, look, I, I'll do everything in my power, so you never have to go through that. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to teach you how to appreciate everything you're giving. Right. You know, I need, I need to I need to find a way to help you guys appreciate the house, the bed, the food, the fact that you're going to school, the fact that you have a laptop to to be able to go to school. Well, well do not take those things for granted. Mm-hmm. Because no, because the truth is, not everybody has that. Right. Absolutely mm-hmm. not everyone. Yes. Oh man. So, so that's judgment. So that's where judgment comes from. It's fear. Judgment comes from fear. Okay. Uh, and we need to ask ourselves, do some soul searching, and saying, why am I so afraid of? If that person is not literally attacking me, right? If that person mm-hmm. is not physically coming after me. Why do I feel the need to judge them? What am I really afraid of? And it's, chances are it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with us. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good. <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, you know, I hope I, I know uh, you're posting this so. I appreciate that, and I really, you know, I definitely want to hear feedback. I know these times, uh, again, we're not going to go into politics, uh, but it is very stressful for everybody. You know, these yeah. times are very stressful, and not just because of the elections, but also with a pandemic and whatnot. There's a lot of uncertainties, you know, going oh on. Gosh, it, yeah. it, is take, it is taking a, to- a toll on people. So, you know, uh, and probably maybe next week or in the near future, definitely want to talk, address that. How do, you know, what what I have seen so far, how it's affecting people, and what are some of the ways that we can cope and get through it. Right. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So through, through this pandemic, because I, I, I mean, especially now the holidays are on the corner. And oh, I know my today gosh. It's Halloween. It's Halloween, but it, to, me, to me, was this one was the first wake-up call. I was like, oh, man, it is going to be different. Because mm-hmm. honestly, it hasn't felt like holidays at all. No. You know, it's, it's at all. To me, it's like, oh, it's, it's Halloween? Oh, wow. The fact that people are saying Halloween is canceled. And I, I, I'm asking them, no, 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 wait, hold on, no, no. It didn't get canceled. Nobody can cancel a holiday. <laughs> it's just that the, the, way, the way we celebrated before is no more. Right. I, mean, I think that's why people are having a hard time with that. They say, my, the way I was living my life, I cannot do that. And that's what people are struggling with. So we go to cancel. 
and council is very extreme. I think we need to find other ways to still celebrate, right, instead of just going mm-hmm. to the extreme of saying, well, if we, if we cannot do it the way we did it last year, then fine, then we're not going to do anything, period. I don't think that's right. healthy either. No, no, I you know, agree. We have to learn to evolve. So I definitely would like to uh, talk about that and what that looks like. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right, right, my friend. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, keep taking care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. You too. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk, take care. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. My name is Teresa Sayers, and I'm your host. I'm the producer. I'm the editor. I'm the mixer. (laughs) I'm the one that tries to find the talent. (laughs) I'm the one that makes phone calls. I do it all. And I do it from my living room or my bedroom or my home or wherever I can turn on my phone. It's so easy. You got it. It's fantastic. So I appreciate your time. Uh, keep the emails coming at I'm not that old lady at yahoo.com and uh, be a part of the conversation. Let me know what your questions are and, and how does this information influence you? I think it's important to get everybody's perspective on this. In the meantime, tell somebody about it and show them how to do a podcast or, or at least subscribe to one and preferably mine. So in the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, and keep listening. Take care.